Put on your big Hollywood sunglasses and light the torch because it's cellar time. Welcome to the Crack Cellar. As the prophecy exists for all mercenaries. I'm Two Spirit Penguin Daniel. And I'm the fair and accurate broadcaster, Nichols. <laughs> and uh, as you may notice, this is now HD broadcaster, Nichols. Uh, we are on our maiden voyage of video. How do you feel, broadcaster? Are you throwing shade at me from your 720p shadow? <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, dude, just because you don't got crip vibes mean that Get I... Get <laughs> I'm a crip, you're a blood. That's how it goes, man. We're making peace. But uh, you know who didn't yeah. make peace? That is uh, Evil Cortana and Cinda from... Uh, oh, Cinda Carla, Carla. Yeah, the Spider Girl. Uh, how'd you feel? How'd you feel yeah. when you had to make that choice, broadcaster? Oh, it was easy. <laughs> yeah. I'm a cool-blooded mercenary, corporate mercenary through and through. Yeah. <laughs> I killed both of them. Yeah. <laughs> How are you thinking about it? <laughs> Well, yeah. you know, the one thing about this game is is not at one point do they make you feel like um a good guy. So, not really. There isn't Yeah, you, really... you don't really any of the decisions they give you, it's not like really morally weighing down on you too much. You're just like what evil decision? How it's not even how evil do I want to be? It's just where do I want to put my evil, you know? Cuz there's right. no good option. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I... The mission that reminds me of that the most is when they make you choose between betraying the Vespers and betraying Balam. And when I looked at that, I was just like, well... Balam were my boys. I, well, I was just thinking, I'm like, well, well, both sides pretty much suck. There is no good... Like, it just occurred to me, there's no good guy choice there. It doesn't really matter on, in terms of good and evil. Yeah, yeah. Uh, only thing I chose them up because now that I think about it, I actually kind of got a little sad when I had to kill the Reds. You know, I was just like, those are my boys. (laughs) Besides Iguazu. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is I I took the Reds too because Rusty was my boy. I was like, Rusty's the only friend I have in this universe. Uh, Rusty's part of um, (laughs) uh, the other group. Uh, no, he's I, Vesper I, Four, right? Or... Yeah, the Vespers are Eric Aqua. I don't fucking remember their name. It's the one that starts with an A, Aquabus or Erebus or hmm. something. I thought Rusty there's... was a Vesper. Am I? Yeah, he is a Vesper. Okay. But the Red well, are Vespers. Well, yeah, there was a, a point where Balaam, you could you could betray the Vespers or Balam. I'm like, well, oh. I'm gonna fucking betray Balam because. Gotcha. Rusty's my boy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but but there was no good and evil there. It was just sort of like pick your poison. That's how it sort of is the whole way. There is just no no good guy. And it, like right from the beginning, they set this tone with Handler Walter, where it's like, I did, did you did you play in Japanese or did you do the dub? I did the dub. 
So I don't know how Handler Walter sounds in the dub, but in the Japanese original, he sounds like a goddamn Yakuza boss, dude. Like he is one fucking hard, cold sounding motherfucker. And the second you start the game, you, Handler Walter is just like talking to you like Darth Vader. And it's like, yeah, I'm not a good guy. You know, right from the beginning. that you're Oh, not yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, there's not <laughs> at one point. Do you get the vibe that you're a good guy? No, not at all. There's some weird shit with the game, though. I mean, like, for the most part, I loved it. But storyline-wise, I feel like it could have been handled a little bit better. And there was also, like, they really left you to interpret the Raven part of the storyline. You only got to see one part of the Raven because there's three parts to the Raven storyline that Mm -hmm. you get one part each in each new game plus, essentially. But not at any point do you really realize anything. You're not. You're like you don't have any big revelation of who that Raven pilot was or anything. I had to go online and like someone had to like spell it out for me. Essentially, they're like the Raven pilot is you from past games. It's just like, oh, uh, that kind of makes sense, I guess. But like at the same time, it's like. <laughs> Jesus, how lame. That guy, <laughs> like, what? Dude, that, that guy just came back from Burning Man, bro. Ignore that guy. <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> Yo, dog, yeah. it's you as a seven-year-old when you still had hopes and dreams. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's clearly, um, like, they emphasize this whole, like, Raven title from you taking it in the beginning Mm -hmm. to finding somebody else under the titles that's supposedly the old holder them insinuating that they're part of essentially an organization of ravens or whatever whatever that means in this new game and then it ultimately leads to nothing with any of the three storylines you get (laughs) yeah yeah i I found it very odd the way they they introduced you to the real Raven because like it feels like it's this big plot point and they literally throw it into some throwaway mission, like in the third or second chapter, I forget just some throwaway, like five minute mission and you just kill him and it's over. And you're just like, okay, wait till you get to the last one right before you kill him again for the third time. He has like this new dialogue where he's like, no, wait, we can be, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you just body him and you're like <laughs> now you're gonna say something <laughs> oh my god yeah yeah that was interesting yeah. you were stone cold to the very end all those other times and now you're just gonna be a bitch the third time through at least i don't know maybe it was like a sacked storyline or something they couldn't complete they didn't have time so they rounded it off as best as they could that's yeah. probably ultimately what it was but yeah, it's it's one of those points where it sticks out kind of like the size of the missiles that come out of the shoulder units. You know, you're just like, where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen that shit, but it's the scale of missiles and bullets that come out of the actual firearms in this game are just preposterous. Oh, like, if you like pause it at the right moment. Yeah, the missiles are bigger than the unit itself. It's like yeah. the like they're materializing in front of the it's very old school but you know whatever yeah well i mean this is an old school fucking game it's just like through and through with modern tech 
it reminds me of my car. My car is like really new, but it's a totally old school chassis. Everything about it's old school. It still has a hand e-brake, just like a whole bunch of shit that does not exist in new cars. It's kind of what this game is. It's just like this fucking old chassis and this fancy new engine with shiny new graphics, but it is the same fucking game as Armored Core 2 on the PS2, essentially. Yeah. It's pretty wild. That's how everything operates, to be honest. I still remember the days of my brief service in the telecommunication world and (laughs) going in thinking, man, these guys got state-of-the-art, 5G, fucking blah, 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 all this shit, you know? Mm-hmm. They said they're sending you into the trenches, dude. They're sending you into CVS and fucking uh, Bartel drugs, phone closets that have it. people didn't even know existed. You go in there and they'd be like, I'm with the phone company you guys hired. They're like, oh, uh, go uh, talk to the manager in the back. And the manager would be like, <laughs> and they'll always have a joke. They'll be like, I don't think anyone's been in here in like 15 years or something like mm-hmm. that. And they'll open the doors. It's like a spaghetti mask of fucking wire everywhere. <laughs> You're just like... This is just insane. People operate like this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, I really enjoyed the old schoolness of this game. But it's, it seemed like when we were talking, you you don't so much or you have some sort of issue with it. Right. Why don't you explain that? I just I don't know. I, I'm in a really like rut place with video games in my life to the point where it's like they're rather over monetized to to just utter trash essentially like where it's like almost not a playable game like fallout 76 and shit like that anthem all this stuff (laughs) well starfield not so much i know i just want to troll the xbox (laughs) fanboys on twitter that are fucking so rabid right now about starfield they're so mad if you rate it below a 10 out of 10 like you are satan yeah, but on the other side of that coin, you can get like just pretty much traditional tried and true experiences like like a Dark Souls game or like any maybe maybe another sequel to an indie game you have or something. But after Armored Core is kind of unique in my mind because one, it's a very established IP and it's coming from a development studio that has a lot of money and they're riding on a lot of success and so for them just to like bring armored core back in such a i don't want to say half-baked way because it's the best it's ever been it's the best armored core oh 100 <laughs> like 100 percent. it's just from an armored core fan that's been seeing it for so long i after you beat it three times you kind of start to like peel back the paint a little bit and you okay. start to see that the game is a lot more familiar than I don't know. Maybe you'd like, maybe that's the best way to put it. Like it just should be more like when I brought up the animations for the ammo, you know, like the fact that they're still clearly running on an updated version of the same engine they've been using for quite some time. Like since maybe armored core four, I suspect Something like that. That was it, a PS3 game, man. PS3 no. engines are way different. Well, all I'm saying is if you go back to that game, there's not a huge amount of difference. You know, like a lot of people immediately uh, attributed Armor Core 6's like actual fighting mechan- mechanics to Armor Core 5. You know, 
That's and, interesting because I hated Armored Core Five and I fucking love Armored Core Six. So that's yeah. I wonder if that's really true. They call it the evolution of Armored Core Five's fighting mechanics, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, none, nonetheless, it's yeah. I just I see things where I'm like, you know, you guys just like made three Dark Souls, one Bloodborne, a Sekiro, a fucking Elden Ring. You've like squeezed this soul genre to the absolute death, and now you're like, let's hype up a new frontier. We're bringing, we're reviving Armored Core, and we get it, but it's not like it's not groundbreaking, I guess. Which I was kind of expecting because, and this is kind of my ultimate point with my opinion, is they kind of hoodwinked us at the the very beginning of the trailer, like when they first showed the game. They were using the term open world and they showed a they mech. Yeah, they were saying the game's not as linear as past uh, ACs and stuff. And it's just the same mission based thing. But nonetheless, like that intro they show is a guy like this pretty much just like a scavenger mech who has a giant backpack full of scavenged parts and he's ripping an arm off of a broken down AC in front of him and looking out to the horizon. And like that's the teaser. For Armored Core Six, yeah, and then all the press saying it's it's not as linear as old games. You're getting all that modern jargon about it being more open and stuff like that. We don't get any of that. It's kind of more of an old school linear AC game, which I love. Don't get me wrong. Again, it's the best it's ever been. But that trailer really illustrated some what I consider to be a different game coming down the line, where there was some type of resource gathering or some type of like other open world element that they were clearly showing in that teaser by because that that guy doesn't show up anywhere else he's the promotion all over the place for the game but he doesn't show up anywhere in the game no there's no scavenging robots there's no mission where you're like collecting a bunch of ac parts to build something like zero and mega man x2 or something like that it's it's just i don't know when it and this is all from a teaser perspective. Like obviously, once you get the game, like I said, it's a great game and I love it. But that market, that initial pitch was like hyping you up for something that seemed revolutionary for Armored Core, and I just didn't get that from post-launch. Okay, I'm fair enough. I, I never, I avoid trailers usually. You know, every once in a while, I'll watch one. It depends on the situation, but most for the most part. Especially if it's something I know I'm going to buy, I avoid everything because I already know I'm going to buy it. What's the point of watching any of this shit when I know 100% I'm buying it? I didn't watch much AC6, so I don't know at all what you're talking about. But I want to counter what you're saying a little bit with a game that you have refused to play, which is unthinkable to me. And like if I were to tell my tell you 10, 15 years ago that you were going to refuse to play Final Fantasy 16 on the PS5 as an exclusive. You're just going to refuse to on, you know, honor. Cause I know you can afford to, if you wanted to, it's not like you're broke. So you're, you're literally saying, fuck, no, I'm not going to play. Yeah, the principle, I'm not buying and, a PS5 for one game. And, fuck that. <laughs> right. But, le- but, but the whole thing with you not being excited with ff16 is because they did exactly what you're saying you wanted them to do with ac6 but didn't 
FF16 took the concept of Final Fantasy and turned it turned it on its head. Yeah. It, it, it revolutionized it. Like I, I'm not gonna say FF16 is the greatest video game of all time or anything, but there are some parts of FF16 that give you the same sort of like game changing vibes as like the first time you played God of War three. Remember the first time you did God of War three and those fucking quick time events fighting fucking Poseidon and shit. Like, oh, yeah. dude, like I mean, FF sixteen had the same type of like Leviathan getting summoned at the at the kingdom. I guess it was crazy, right? But the, what what in the FF sixteen version of that is like fifty times more revolutionary and crazy is what I'm trying to tell yeah. you. So there, they, in FF sixteen, Yoshi P did exactly what you're kind of alluding to. You wanted. Uh, Miyazaki to do an AC6, but in FF16, you've said that that's a something that distracts you because you want the original Final Fantasy. You want the turn-based. You don't want the open world, right? No. No, I mean, like, I was going to stop you because, like, I, I'm not playing Final Fantasy 16 because I don't like it. I'm just not playing it because I don't have PS5, and I'm just... The same reason why I'm not going to get... Why I didn't buy Final Fantasy VII Intrograde, or I'm not going to buy the next se- the next episode of Final Fantasy VII because I'm not I'm not in I'm not that deep into Final Fantasy anymore. F- for one, to to pay top dollar for a game I've already played that like, it's better than a remaster. It's not a reboot. It's a reimagining, but it's still mm-hmm. like all the storyline. Like it's nothing again revolutionary and you're talking about final fantasy a game that comes out almost every year armored core mm. 6 has been in hiatus for fucking like 10 years almost the the time difference oh. between ff15 and ff16 was like seven years i think or six years it was a long fucking time it's definitely not every year well and you're, you used to be well, a hardcore final fantasy fan you're missing out on final fantasy 7 that happened in between that's, those that's two. a remake that's not the same. We're talking about mainline Final Fantasies. The the if you look at what? the the release cadence from thirteen to fourteen to fifteen to sixteen, it's not every year, dude. It's I mean thirteen came well, out in like fucking two thousand eight, right or something. Fucking long ass time ago. No, fifteen did not come out when I was no, 13. thirteen. Oh, 13. Yeah, I think thirteen well, yeah, came out in in oh eight. Yeah, so they they come out. They would not come out every year. It's not. We're not talking about oh, Madden well, 13 here. Thirteen was a bad example because that did come out every year. You got thirteen X two the next year, thirteen X three or whatever the fuck I'm, it was called. And I'm talking <laughs> mainline Final Fantasies one, two, three, four, five, six, not six five or fucking twelve three. I'm not talking I mean, about any of the reboots and offshoots and all that shit. I'm talking about mainline Final Fantasies. They're a big I mean, deal, and you used to be a big Final Fantasy fan, and you have communicated to me that you aren't as into Final Fantasy anymore because they have changed the formula, and I agree with you. I'm not as into Final Fantasy because they've changed the formula as well. I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't have an opinion so much on changing the formula from like an old traditional RPG to like what they did with Final Fantasy 7 or 16, for instance. I'm more worried and perturbed and turned off by the fact of like other things like them injecting characters into final fantasy seven that weren't there originally to 
diversify the storyline to broaden it out to give segue like i i brought it up to you off offline you know i, I sent you a picture of that segue with cloud strife on it and then I, that's goofy my immediate thought in my head was, I'm like, all right, these people are like, we can't give you the full Final Fantasy VII or anything even close to the full Final Fantasy VII because it's too much work to scale that whole game into one game. So we're going to split it up. Meanwhile, they're like wasting time on shit like getting segues in the game that weren't ever in the game. Like, it's sure, it's it might be um negligible waste of time or however you want to write it off but it's just like mm-hmm. you got to understand that like those excuses hold no weight when you're sending your employees to go do shit like that in a game that never exists on and then that's just one side of the coin you can flip the coin and get it to waste severe things like in Final Fantasy 7 where they added sh- like straight up new characters into the storyline that are mysterious that are probably going to show up later on they well, even it's a, change it's a remake you know like they're it's a reimagining it's not a remake that's what a remake is okay well i guess you can the two different terms but i mean well, i mean a remaster <laughs> yeah. I, I guess you can say a reboot versus a remake but reboot is usually just totally different that's I yeah. don't know. Whatever. Anyway, I wasn't trying to get into a diatribe about Final Fantasy's yeah. downfall. My only point is <laughs> I'm only point is I'm pointing out that you are kind of throwing shade at Armored Core for being true to itself and not becoming open world and not going in these new exciting directions. But at the same time, I think you penalize Final Fantasy a little bit for doing exactly that. Maybe not like a shit ton. Maybe you're not like extreme about it, but I just get the vibe that you're sort of asking for the same the same thing you don't want from another game at the same time. Both Japanese, yeah. both old school games you loved as a kid. One's going, we're staying the exact fucking same. The other's saying, eh, we're trying to get the kids now. We're Final Fantasy. We want all the kids. I get what you're saying. You're looking at the pros between each two and comparing them. But I could easily point out, you know, like, again, it's been a lot longer since we've gotten an AC game all right since bef- since we've gotten a final fantasy game even considering 16 to 15 okay mm-hmm. so when considering that and then also considering all the fucking money that from software has gotten from souls games and mm-hmm. they kind of positioned ac as like the new frontier you yeah. know they're like elden rings over we got an expansion coming for that maybe elden ring 2 no with nothing else on that yet but Armor Core's back, guys. And then it kind of like, and then even like I said, I brought up the trailer, the initial teaser trailer really showed a different AC, an AC that none of us had ever seen, which got everyone hyped up. So I'm, I'm not really mad at it for not being something it's not. I'm just kind of mad for it not even trying, it seems like, to be anything it's not. Like it didn't need, like, okay. you. You know, like from like even their own wording in the interviews, they made it sound like the old mission tabs and stuff were gone. Like you weren't able just to go to pick missions and see the payout. And they, I mean, remember when I was telling you via Discord that the debt system's gone? They made it sound like in that interview, like the whole debt system was gone. Like you ain't getting any negative outcome for missions. And then day Mm -hmm. one, you're seeing negative scores Mm -hmm. on your missions. So it's like, so clearly there was rather a miscommunication 
in the interviews, which could totally happen. It's Japanese to English. It, it happens. Yeah. Or there was a slight little vision switch at the end where they were like, you know, we don't want to spend as much time on this game as we thought because we got to maybe make Elden Ring 2 now or something. So, <laughs> well, I, you know, they actually I, did start working on Elden Ring 2 right as that game was wrapping up. So, yeah. and I guess my last point to this is, is that multiplayer, while I'll say has never been the forefront of an Armored Core game, really was probably the weakest point of this launch. With this this version, it was just, it, it feels like a bonus thing they just threw there. But like you know, yeah. here you go, kid. But like, don't spend it all in one place. Yeah, just and like, they also another thing they hyped up. They spent they? money. Yeah, See, they hosted a fucking AC six event. They they hired hosts. They hired professional streamers to fight each other to hype up multiplayer in AC six, and then you just get your hands on it, and it's so bare bones. Okay, you know, and well, no plan. Well, I agree with you. It is very bare bones and, you know, I mean, I, I feel like I there's a big, sense. there's a big element of me not going into any media about this game going in. Cause clearly you went into a lot of media and almost all of your disappointments from what I can tell are from broken promises from media that I never saw. So I never gave a fuck to begin with. Which I find you know, interesting. I'm not going to lie. It's a huge problem with our modern world. Yeah. Like, you know, we all go on the internet to like, look for information and it almost like it tinges the whole experience whether it's a game guide or if it's like watching someone play the game mm-hmm. or watching media marketing for a game and getting too hyped up it just like it does always just send you down the route of disaster <laughs> yeah definitely it ends well <laughs> definitely but uh i'll just say i really one of the things i like about the game is that it is still armored core it is still the exact game i remember playing when i was 15 years old on the ps2 like it's this sure. 16 years with old. the controls you wish it had back then <laughs> that is true like it, it's the exact yeah. same game but everything is improved about it but the exact same game and that's kind of what i wanted like i i, I had a smile on my face that entire time i played that game it's one of the few games in modern memory where i will get on to play it for an hour then three hours will pass. I'll be like, holy shit, I need to go to bed. That doesn't happen to me anymore as an adult. Like games don't have that kind of pull over me like they used to, but AC six and spots did. Yeah. Well, I think there is a small part of every male's brain <laughs> that is reserved for giant fighting robots. Mm-hmm. And yep. it's like, a, it's like, it's literally the bonfire. <laughs> You'll find yourself there quite often. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, well, let's let's go into some specifics. So the game starts out with a sort of intro tutorial that ends with a boss fight, the tutorial boss fight, the helicopter, the infamous helicopter, right? AC one thirty. So so that thing is pretty much like when you go to the amusement park and there's a little thing by the roller coaster that says you have to be this tall to ride. That's essentially what that helicopter boss fight was because it's not hard. Let's, let's get that right out. out. That fucking boss was not hard, but it was a great example of the sort of difficulty you will see in a game from software. Like it, it it's a perfect yeah. sort of like, you know what? If you can't kill this helicopter in an hour, fucking get on steam and refund it. We're giving you the chance to refund it. We didn't put this boss 
three hours in right after the refund period, we put it in one hour, give you the perfect amount of time to say, hey, this game ain't for me. I actually applaud that, but the internet does not agree. The fucking internet was pissed about that boss fight. It's gatekeeping. Ah! Like they've never played a from software game before. I honestly didn't even know what they were talking about because that helicopter shows up like halfway through in the game again. And I was like, Mm -hmm. what are they talking about? The boss fight, the fog level? (laughs) I I totally forgot you fought the helicopter on stage one. Yep. Yeah. Wild. I mean, it's because you like probably two shot it, right? You were fucking around the first time, then you got serious and you fucking killed it because it's not a hard fucking boss. (laughs) I mean, you automatically get a melee weapon. Mm -hmm. That bodies the helicopter. Fuck yeah, it It does. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know how. You know, it's weird though because I'm really thinking about it. Anybody that plays Dark Souls games successfully mm-hmm. would think those games are harder than Armored Core Six. But people that suck at Arm our Souls games that would say they need an easy mode in Souls type games mm-hmm. think Armored Core Six is harder than all those games they deemed harder before. Which is kind of just wild to think. Like, the people that just stomp the shit that they originally said was too hard are saying, this shit's easier. And they're like, no, it's harder than that shit. (laughs) Like, what? It just doesn't, like, that just doesn't make sense skill-wise. When I'm on, on like, a scale, you're like, whoa. Yeah. doesn't No, Armored Core 6 is way easier than every Dark Souls game, than Bloodborne. I'm assuming Sikiru. I've not played that one, but I'm assuming it's way easier than Sikiru. And it's fucking easier than Elden Ring. I, I, I don't... think Sekiro is... I, I hear people say it's the hardest one. I need to fucking play it. I, I, I almost want to say it is the hardest one, to be honest. It's fucking hard, dude. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah, but you'll have people online right now that will tell you with a straight face that AC6 is harder than Dark Souls 3. And it's just like, That's did so we wild. play the same fucking games? It, it makes no sense. Dude, I was just looking at my clear time on Armored Core 6, and don't get me wrong, there were a few bosses that I had like 30 fucking attempts on, like the Sea Spider. The Sea Spider was literally the boss I had the most attempts on, probably 35 attempts, yeah. maybe even 40, I'm not sure. It was up there. I beat the game in like fucking 16 hours, man. Like, my playtime yeah. was like 16 fucking hours. Like, th- dude, I had I had 16 hours before I got to the second fucking boss in Bloodborne. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's fucking bullshit, people saying, AC6 is so fucking hard. No, it's not. I don't... Like, yeah. I don't fucking get it. I, I really don't. I think it's just people that don't want to put any level of effort into a game. You know, they just kind of like expect children level engagement to work. Mm-hmm. You know, like, ah, uh, I don't want to read the dialogue. I don't want, I want to pretend like there's nothing telling me what to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to fail over and over and over and over and pretend that it's not my fault. You know, like yeah. it's a weird, it works in some games like Lego Batman and shit, but not so much. I in, would, I would, put, I would put forth that is the evil vile ooze that's infecting the game industry right now in terms of game design, not, like, I mean, obviously, microtransactions and all that shit, that's all worse. 
but like the decline of AAA is that every single fucking game has to be what you just said. It has to be you're free to do whatever you want. That's what Starfield is. All, let's be honest about what Starfield is. Starfield is a little fucking box that you put yourself in that says, pretend to be an astronaut. Do whatever you want. The universe is yours, but don't look for an actual game here because there isn't one. This is just you yeah. pretending in a box to be an astronaut. Ignore everything. Do whatever you want. You're you're the god of this universe. It's a bunch of weird fucking like catering to the whims of people that have delusions of grandeur almost. I feel like who the fuck crazy wants to you said that though? Like it's not, a, there's not actually a game here. It's so true. It's like almost like, I don't even know. There has to be like a new modern term for that. It's like a ghost town. Almost. It's called Todd Another Howard. Way. That's the modern <laughs> dude, term. Yeah. Todd Howard's eyes. No doubt. <laughs> Oh, fuck, dude! What a snake! <laughs> I, sometimes I wonder if that jacket's part of his animorph shape, dude. Like, yeah, <laughs> he looks like a fucking animorph guy. That's yeah, a good dude. call, right? <laughs> I can see him on the cover of an animorph. <laughs> fucking guy, dude! But you really think of it like not even just Starfield. A, a whole bunch of modern games you kind of just turn on, and there's so much, but so little. Mm-hmm. So, so many people you can see can't interact with yep. can't walk up to don't have anything to say there's it's just I, i'm again i'll bring it up baldur's gate 3 i think that's why it's so fucking successful because it's not not only do you see everything you can interact with everything mm-hmm. everything you want to fucking no talk to the cat walking down the alley pop a potion of animal speaking and talk to the fucking cat you might even figure out an in on a quest you never even knew about Mm-hmm. It's it's a very intricate game to the point where you didn't think it was possible, even in a six-year time development. You're like, oh, I didn't think you guys were capable of this stuff. Yeah. I thought you guys were crying over there in the studio saying video games were hard and on your 500-employee staff with fucking b- a billion dollars. I don't know how much. Insert fucking company here. Bobby Kotick sucking some fucking... <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> or whatever. And we're Sorry, on I'm YouTube. Getting off- <laughs> I'm getting off here, but anyways. <laughs> you know where I'm going. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that's the thing I will give Armor Core 6 massive credit for. Not that it's like a change, because that's Not how... Lazy. That's sort of how From is. Like, Elden Ring is the most generally appealing game they've ever released. But even still, like, Elden Ring wasn't the soulless open world. It just had elements of that. But it had a game still, unlike most of those games where there is no actual game there. Elden Ring Ring was impressive because they actually kept the cadence of Souls games, Mm -hmm. but scaled it out to that size. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they they uh, they did a good job with it. I'm not a huge fan of Elden Ring, but it's a good game. Uh, Armored oh, Core yeah. Six. It's so funny how like you have these giant open world fucking games like Starfield, where just like nothing is there and nothing's happening, and you have the opposite with Armored Core Six, where it's just like it's literally a dead, desolate planet, 
there is no actual human contact. All you hear are disembodied voices over Metal Gear Solid comms while you're fucking staring at your fucking giant mech you've handcrafted, listening to your handler tell you about how you're about to betray some faceless corporation. And, yeah. and like, then you, you select your mission, you get the briefing, it's so simple. You hit that sortie button and it transitions into you taking off. And every fucking time I love I'd it. get goosebumps every yeah. fucking time it grabs you into a place. W- it's such a narrow thing, a narrow scope of a game, but it pulls you in so deeply with such a narrow focus and with such a it's really hard to explain, but they they really just yeah. do a great job putting you in this this deep deep isolation of space but still feel like you're surrounded but with no one there it's a very yeah. interesting thing that they I did remember xeno gears when you go into the hangars mm-hmm. and you always hear somebody over the megaphone intercom and you couldn't it was in you yeah. couldn't hear it it was you, you j- mumbling it japanese but it, it sounded important yes. and like as a kid i always got goosebumps i was like mm-hmm. this is like so cool i wish i was there dude hell <laughs> like, yes so that's the kind of the same thing you get in AC six when you're in the hangar and you're always hearing it like turn right before the sortie happens. Mm-hmm. You know, it gives you that like Gundam drop vibe. It gives you the the Xeno Gears hangar vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, it just that larger than life feel that you yep. know. It just it's the little sprinkles and stuff that really breathes life into it. And that's mm-hmm. uh, that's that's it for me as well is hearing that stuff. And there's so much polish in the presentation in general, like not only like the sortie um, launch, but then when you actually get into the map, it doesn't just like fade in and you're just there. It does like this boot up sequence. It shows like these checks come down your your HUD. It shows the HUD kind of transition into the map and your your mech activates into the map instead of just, oh, you're here now. There's just so much little detail put into and that's I, actually the one thing that I never understood about the game. I was like there, there's one part in the game I think that really like kind of unveils the whole thing that your mm-hmm. hangar is actually just a floating hangar ship this whole time. There's one mission where you see it flying in and you actually like through a third person view actually see you coming out of the ship. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, is that what you're in all the time? Because the view, like, like when you play through the storyline, there's parts of the storyline where you realize you're kind of literally stranded on a desolate, desolate planet, and there is no like HQ. Even though after every mission ends, you go to this hangar HQ mm. to like replenish on supplies, almost like you have a corporation backing you, like the old games. But there is no like, I mean, there's corporations on the planet, but they're all like roving armies like fighting over territories and stuff there's no like established foothold on this planet Mm -hmm. so like from that storyline perspective i was always like where am i right now (laughs) i asked the same question i enjoy the mystery about that i enjoy the mystery in a lot of aspects of this game like my i enjoy open-ended storytelling that's precise but open-ended not like fucking just all over the place and open-ended but the way they do it in this game where you can just sort of come up with theories like towards the end of the game i'm sitting there thinking like do you think there are actually humans in this game or are we all like sentient robots piloting sentient robots 
like AIs based on humans from thousands of years ago that are just playing out these wars after humanity had already fallen. You know, like you come up with all these like sort of ideas because there's no proof either way. You never fucking see a human in this game. You can make the argument that there are no humans. We don't really fucking know. I love that about this game. It's, it keeps me thinking constantly. It keeps me on my toes. I never quite know what the fuck's going on, but in a good way. They don't expand on any of it, much of any of it at all. Mm -hmm. Like you being an augmented human with a number, 621. Mm -hmm. They call you 621 over and over. And after you play the game three times in a row, you're kind of just like expecting at some point to get 622 or 623 and be like, dude, don't believe any of them. They're all fucking lying to you type of shit. You're like, no, Mm -hmm. there's none of them. They're all gone or you're the only one. I, I don't know. There's just, that's just one part of the storyline where it's so open-ended and they're never going to give you a damn just even a tidbit of information about it it's just that's what it is i I love it human bitch (laughs) get with it (laughs) for a story with such little actual plot i was fucking riveted it's wild how riveted i was with the story when when i really like look in retrospect like there wasn't a lot there but it used these little crumbs to such a high degree, like especially the ice worm boss. That boss was not particularly hard. I think it only took me like five tries to beat it, but it had a very fucking emotionally heavy cadence to it. You were with the Vespers. You're, you're like, you are a Vesper now, right? You're, you're Rusty's your boy up on the mountain with the sniper rifle waiting for you to set his shot up. You have all these other weak ass Vespers that are trying to puss out and then fucking your handler's like six, two, one. I know you're not a pussy. You finished the deal without him. You know, like it, there was just such a fucking bad tone. I tried to keep tone. them alive no matter what. They always <laughs> got bodied. Oh, <laughs> There's yeah. nothing we could do. They yeah. weren't bodied them every time. But, but like we talk about like goosebumps that keep happening no matter Every time I fought that worm, the second I got that stagger off and the worm came up and you saw fucking Rusty's laser rifle and the distance on that mountain charging up. Dude, it's just like you can't buy video game moments that badass anymore. It's so hard to find them. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You only get them from like God of War type games now, Mm -hmm. to be honest. God of War really mastered bottling that. Ever since 3, they were really good at that shit. For sure, for sure. Uh, But yeah, so one thing I will go with criticism on this game is the arena system. What did you think about the changes to arena? I thought it was dog shit. Yeah. I mean... Too easy. Gated for no reason. It is gated for no reason. That was kind of the only appeal to Arena in the mm. OG games is that it wasn't gated. You mm-hmm. could kind of go see who the big dogs were and yeah. kind of get a glimpse at who was you might run into in the storyline or whatever. And you can outskill, you know, better ACs. And yeah. that was a fun that's like one it, it goes against everything about the From Software creed if you think about it, to gate those fights because they want you to get your ass kicked. So letting you go up to get your ass kicked is what it should be. So I, I don't get that. I don't get that yeah, at all. No. I think it's evident. It's just they're trying to make the game more appealing to like the broader audience. The same reason why they simplified tuning. Like tuning in past games was, was not this like 
glorified leveling system like it is in AC6. Mm-hmm. You know, where essentially you get enough credits to fill out all the slots. Ex- i.e. you're essentially just going up in levels and getting skills along the way, essentially. In other games, you actually were tuning your parts. So if you wanted, like, say, bipedal heavy legs, and they were just a little too slow for you, you could tweak the legs a little bit to sacrifice a little bit of the weight they could carry that you weren't using, per se, Mm -hmm. and allow them to move slightly faster or or allow them to uh, have a, a a better quick boost speed or whatever. You know, there's and you could do that with all the parts. Like with the head, you know, you if you in past games with like radars and heads and stuff where it would actually apply to your aiming a lot more. You could tweak so, you know, aiming with missiles was a lot faster than say other kinetic weapons and shit like that. You actually had to make sacrifices. So like when you saw people's build and you saw that it was tuned out to the gills, you actually were in for something unique. You know, it wasn't just something cookie cut, like going on YouTube right now and looking at a six, AC six videos and everyone's it's essentially just the same builds, you know, dual Zimmerman's dual songbirds dual. I forget what the fuck Zimmerman's are the shotguns. Oh, okay. Wheeled shotguns. Anyways, like there's some pretty meta builds that you can't really escape. And everyone tries to, you know, come up with counters and stuff, but it's all really cookie cut. No one's coming up with unique things that can be viable. Like really the only things that really work are really established things. You can't just like get a kooky build and tune it up a little bit and be like, look, I beat the fucking high the best meta build out there, you know? Mm. You're just not, you can't see shit like that in this game, which would have been cool. Yeah, those needle guns. The needle gun you get after you kill the worm, the frost worm. Dude, oh, the cannon, the needle cannon. Dude, those those things break the game. Like, Yeah, against it, the sea weapons for sure. Oh, dude, like every boss after the worm was fucking easy because you just dual wield those needle. They instant stagger the boss if you land both yeah. of them. It's just like, it's insane how good they are. But they do take a shit ton of weight and energy, so I mean, but it's like you know, fuck my my end game build was so evil. Like I, I fucking one shot like the last boss. I like two shot the second to last boss. Is the game got so much easier towards the end, but yeah. it was still you know reasonably challengeable. AC doesn't need to be insanely hard, but it needs to have difficulty. I think they did a great job with the difficulty, honestly. I think they pretty much nailed it. I think the sea spider is a little too strong, but you know, whatever there can be one boss. And also that might have the bloodborne system where each boss is different depending on your playthrough and they give like a code and then the new game plus. Yeah. I don't know if it has that same thing going, but it's weird. I don't know how those, those, that difficulty system works, but it is crazy to see how some people spend 40 times on a boss. And then other people are like, Oh yeah, I think three times. Mm -hmm. (laughs) like what there's no way yeah yeah the the fucking the second to last boss that you fight in like the giant puddle in the abandoned city um pretty much like a xenogears looking robot with like the satellite laser trails and shit i was reading online people saying that was the hardest boss in the game lots of people were saying that was the hardest boss in the game i'm just like i haven't i keep Maybe it's different for you than me, but it wasn't not in my fucking game. It wasn't. I'm even close. That's why. I don't know. 
That's honestly the peak. I think peak difficulty for the game for me was the final boss, the final true boss. I think that was the boss I spent the most time on. Ah, the one that I never fought. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do the new game plus and get the real ending eventually, but... I honestly wish they had a higher difficulty class or difficulty level in the game because that would add a lot more replayability to the game. Mm-hmm. Doing like a super hard difficulty mode with like a new game plus just kitted out, you know, that'd be cool. But yeah, who knows? Maybe. Yep. Some tells yeah. me from software is just going to leave this frozen in time, though. Yeah. Why do you think they made the missiles so bad? I think they're just holdovers from previous engine design. Like, it's just something they couldn't really scale with whatever they're doing to update and modernize the engine over however long they've been doing it. It's just they don't care about those tiny things. Because, like, on the screen, you'll never see it unless you're really looking for it. And you'll find it in tons of games. Like, I'm sure, like, if you nitpicked the new Breath of the Wild, I mean, sorry, Tears of the Kingdom... I'm sure you'll find some weird off-scale shit. You know, if you you just find the right camera angle, you know, you'll notice it all of a sudden. It's what it takes to see it in AC6. You have to pause the game, zoom up on the gear, or the mech, and, like, have it pause just right when the missile is outside your shoulder unit or your gun or whatever. And then you have to, like, actually pause and look at the scale and be like, Oh yeah, that thing can't fit in that, <laughs> you know. It's yeah. not like it's not like it's in your face, you know. I I I I mean that's that's you know, it's not goofy or cartoonish. It's just one of those things that once you you look at something too long, you start to see the imperfections, you know. Yeah, I was more talking about their actual balance. They suck ass. Like they're the most worthless oh. thing in the entire game. That's what I meant. That's pretty funny because I think one of the most metal builds, right? Metal meta builds is a pure missile build. What? You get the, yeah, you get the new Gundam missile, missile wings, dual missile wing things. I forget what they're called. And then hmm. they look like the shoulder unit new Gundam has from uh, Shars counterattack. Interesting. Anyways, I've, and then you is that something you get after you beat the game? When do you get those unlocked? I can't remember because I played it three times now. I don't know when you unlock everything, but you also get uh, missile guns that shoot out a bunch of delayed timed missiles as well. So you essentially have four g- units that deliver missiles. And if you do the tetrapod build with like a good generator and boosters where you can just fly for a, a huge amount of time, you're like a floating missile satellite. <laughs> Interesting. Ground I, missiles. <laughs> I tried missile builds early on, but I gave up about halfway through the game because they all sucked. I bought a bunch of different missile shoulders, and I never got shoulder, or I never got a missile gun. But I tried all the missile shoulder weapons available, and they they did no damage. They did no stagger. It just it felt like they were fucking wet noodle cannons. Yeah, well, I mean, in against computers for sure. Like the vertical and forward missile launchers in the campaigns, they suck. Mm-hmm. I never used them at all. 
but as far as oh, PvP you, goes... Oh, okay. See, I was talking yeah. PvE. That I, I'm not... The only PvP I did was against you, and I went 1-0, if you recall, so... Yeah, I remember you disconnecting right before you were about to get your ass beat. Mysteriously, <laughs> all my CPU uh, overheated. <laughs> hey, that was a legitimate crash. I have receipts. Um, all right. Uh, what did you think about the decision points? Do you think they made a big impact? Like you've you've done the whole true thing, the true story, I guess. Whatever. Was it worth it? Is it a big difference? How do you feel about yeah, that? For sure. I think it fleshes out the storyline a lot more. You get you start to realize a lot more of the connections between characters and personalities of other characters and some other characters actually even evolve quite a bit from each new game storyline. Yeah. You'll be pretty surprised at some of the smaller characters starting to become big characters as you progress interesting but um but yeah it's it there's also like different outcomes too you know like because you didn't kill a character at a certain point they live on and then you might betray them anyways or whatever the story is and you'll fight them and they might have like a reiterated version of something you fought before or something so it's pretty cool. I think it's, yeah. it's well- I think I already encountered that because even though I spared the Vespers um because I didn't want to kill Rusty, then I took Carla's side against Iyer and Rusty I fought Rusty and had to kill him anyway because he was on the side of the fucking Rubiconians, whatever the fuck they are. I guess they're they're like the Pa Wraith from DS9. Is that what the Rubiconians are? Just like evil red energy. <laughs> Pretty much, dude. Well, they're they're the other they're, from what I understand, they're people that were native to Rubicon. And they were fucking around with something that bodied them mm-hmm. and turned them into the coral. And then the United Earth whatever showed up and started using that energy not like I mean maybe this is some avatar shit and they just didn't give a fuck. They're like, I don't give a fuck what it is. We're still using it. It's prime mm-hmm. good energy, baby. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we don't care if we hear the screams of your people. <laughs> okay. See so, yeah, that's a that's another great point about how interpretive the storyline is. You just said that and it never occurred to me that they were humans once and became energy. I just assumed they were always energy and that's just what they were. And, you know, we were what you said. We were doing some fucking. Uh, they are the people. <laughs> we were doing some avatar shit to them. We didn't give a fuck. But, yeah. No, they did it to themselves. I think they got, they got too close to the sun. I forget exactly what it is, but they bodied themselves. Somehow. Oh, so that's established in the game. Like, that's an actual plot yeah. point you get. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't get that on my playthrough, so I I, I love that approach to the storytelling, I have to say. It gives a, it gives the game a sort of mysteriousness that I think is missing in a lot of video game storylines nowadays. Everything is just too rigid. Well, open-ended is the secret to great storytelling mm-hmm. because if you have to explain everything, you're eventually going to just like box it in too much Mm -hmm. you know 
You yep. gotta leave things open for as however long you want it to fucking be open. It doesn't matter. You might think of something cooler eight years down the road, and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna go with that finally. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go with that one. Yeah. What did you think about the uh, Zone of the Enders influence on this game? Do you think it had some? Like, in retrospect, after playing the game multiple times? I think it had just hit Kojima inspiration for sure when it came down to the sea weapon design mm, that was mm-hmm. the, both the sea weapon bosses screamed metal gear ray from mm-hmm. metal gear solid 2 that's mm-hmm. just my opinion as yep. soon as i saw him i was like hardcore metal gear solid 2 design and then the i forget what they call i think they were just like the non boss sea weapons that you ran into like the guys with the shields and stuff like that you remember mm-hmm. remember the guy that could transform into like the tiger cannon yeah like and then you fought him like those guys those ones look like more like metal gear solid rex type design more blocky style type metal gear type stuff and then on top of that mm-hmm. just the way the acs skated on the surface and stuff screamed zone of the enders yeah the melee combat screamed zone of the enders i don't know it just felt like it to me yeah, when you put those boosters on, I definitely felt like I was playing Zone of the Enders. And then the the laser swords definitely felt more Zone of the Enders. Even uh, one of the enemies looked a lot like a Zone of the Enders boss, or uh, enemy. The, the thing that starts out as a little orb, mm-hmm. and it pops out. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? And yeah. it has the two round. Doesn't that look like the OG basic enemy from Zone of the Enders? The it thing does. with the two red blades on its side? Yep, definitely. Yeah. So. Yep. And then I agree with you. Sea weapons. I mean, sea weapons almost look like they are straight out of a Metal Gear Solid game. So it does feel like there is a general Kojima influence more than just Zone of the Enders now that you mention it. I didn't think of it till now, but. I think is uh, what's his name? Um, Shoji Kawamori who is like the main designer for ACs since mm-hmm. like the beginning. He's like the head designer. He's why we have the look we have. Yeah. Some tells me he may have, you know, took some inspiration from the guy that did uh, um, Zone the Enders, who inadvertently might be the guy that did Melgar Solid. I don't know that for a fact because I never looked into it, but the artist that does... Metal Gear Solid's iconic art style might be the same person that did Zone of the Enders. I'm hmm. not sure. Interesting. So if that's true and they took inspiration from Zone of the Enders and they inadvertently took inspiration from the guy that did Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. So. All right. It all kind of runs together, you know. When you really look at like the curves of the mechs in Zone of the Enders, you look at the way the style blends in uh, Melgar Solid and stuff, it all, you really sit back and you look at everything, it all mm-hmm. kind of like it came from the same guy, you know? Yeah. Yep. So, uh, AC6, I mean, best mech game of all time, right, at this point? Like, can you think of a better mech game right now? No. No, no. there isn't one, right? Fuck, dude. I yeah. don't think so, dude. No. no I think they're... Zone of the Enders was pretty much it before. Mm-hmm. Yep. I would put Zone of the Enders 2 as probably one of the most badass mech games of all time until AC6. <laughs> so, yeah. I, the crown. 
The last time I played an Ace Combat game, I remember while I was playing it thinking, man, I wish Armored Core could kind of get to this level that, you know, Ace Combat 6 is at now, but, but you know, as an Armored Core game. And Armored Core 6 100% delivered that. Like, literally everything I wanted in a new Armored Core I got. Maybe a little more customization. Like, you were talking about deeper customization on the mechs. Could, that would have been cool. But at the same time, like, it was good enough. And, you know... Maybe AC7 will build upon this current version and add that kind of thing back. Yeah. but I'd like to just see a really intricate tuning system put into it because that could really breathe indefinite life into a game like Armored Core yeah. where you see people's builds and you know that it's not just some fluff title or something where they did a cool decal paint job and it's the same mech everybody has mm-hmm. that but you know that guy spent hours into tuning some weird shit that you're about to see yep intricate tuning system with a fucking robust very focused multiplayer system with you know deep like ranked non-ranked multiple modes if they could pull that off they could kind of make ac6 into like the dream mech game where right now it's like like an A minus dream mech game, but it could be an A plus if they did those two things. I think they could put something as easy as a leaderboard mm-hmm. and that would add a lot of replayability. Just knowing that you could have a standing in some type of arena type leaderboard. If you went back and played PVP a little bit, you could be yeah. one of the top 50 in your region or whatever, even something tiny as that, which would yeah. be pretty easy for them to implement. I think would, would yep. work. Agreed, agreed. But uh, you know, all very small, small, small quibbles with me. I have not right now. Armored Core. I loved FF sixteen, but right now, Armored Core six is. I almost want to say it's my game of the year right now. I, it's tough, but it was so good. Everything about it was so based. The combat was based. The dialogue was based. The voice. Everything was just. There was nothing that stood out as just like, ah, like there's nothing that like ruined the experience for me at any point of the game. So yeah, I absolutely loved it. It's actually true. Armored Core might actually be a contender. Baldur's Gate 3 is really good, though. I haven't played that one yet, so I I hear it's good. Here are good things. Yeah, like the re like, I mean, AC6 doesn't even really come close to the replayability of BG3, but... Yeah, then again, yeah. it doesn't have nowhere near the fidelity of. Then again, you can't sleep with hot elf bitches <laughs> in Armored Core, so no, you can, you can never yeah. can't you can't discount that. Yeah, you know, you really got to think about that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, and on that note, broadcaster, as you know, here in the Crack Cellar, we have a official patented. Mr. Satan rating system that you yourself came up with on that system broadcaster. What do you rate armored core six? Oh, this is a young, strong and healthy Tim Curry. Yep. No doubt about it. Like I said, this is the best armored core. This, the series has ever been by a landslide. Yeah. yeah. There's no, I mean, armored core Four answer, I think was my favorite before this one. And that was be- for the same exact reason. They stepped the speed up, the response time up, the movement felt better. This is just, a, this, if that was Super Saiyan, Armor Core 6 is Ultra Instinct. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it feels superb for an old 
armored core player to get their hands on AC6. Hell yes. Hell yes. I mean, all the shortcomings are really just like, I don't even know if you really call them nitpicking. It's just kind of like stuff that you'd like to see and you'd expect to see in time with a ga- an IP like Armored Core picking up with the masses. You know, like if mm-hmm. Armored Core 7 is announced in the next year, you know, if that even gets teased, I'm expecting some more stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting more meat on the fucking plate this time. You know, I'm expecting a little bit better of a multiplayer system, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But that being said, this is the best Armored Core. It's ever happened. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Uh, fucking strong, strong Tim Curry. I think this is the best thing we have reviewed this year by far. Probably going to be the best thing that we review all year, most likely. It's one of those games where you're just thankful that it exists. You know? Yeah. Like I'm just like, f- fuck, man. A game just came out that made me feel like a genuine Gundam pilot. In the year 2023, I'm fucking almost 40 years old, and I got to have that experience one more time. That's only honestly, that's the only thing they could really go up from here. Mm-hmm. Is if they announced Armor Core X Gundam, if it happened, like that would be. I don't know. I'd probably cry. If they showed me a dope gameplay of that, I'd cry. <laughs> and with that, we'll close out. <laughs> See the waterworks podcast. Uh, <laughs> I like turtles. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>